Paul is preaching to the Colossian believers at Coloss. And he's given them some things and I want to challenge you with it tonight. I pray that God might give us what we stand in need of. I backed off a little bit on some of the stuff I've been preaching and I'll get back on that. I ain't through with it. Matter of fact, I wanted to preach some of it tonight, but the Lord just didn't give me the liberty. I pray tonight God will uh, put it in at the proper time and he will. God knows the timing better than I do. And I do appreciate it. Matter of fact, he knows a little bit more than me. Nobody going to fuss. Amen. He knows all. Praise God. I don't even have no comparison to the Lord God. And I thank God for it tonight. I do appreciate you being here. And I love you. And I pray that God might bless you in a real way. We're going to read in the second chapter. And we're going to start reading at verse number four. And while we're reading, remember our Bible study is this coming Saturday, if you've forgotten it, but it is the second Saturday of the month. So this coming Saturday, we'll have our Bible studies. Let's stand, please, and read in Colossians chapter 2. We'll start reading with verse number 4. And the Bible says, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you, with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit. Amen. I've heard church members say that lots of times to me. And I guess that's where they're getting this. As a preacher, I wasn't there, but my spirit was. Amen. It said, Joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as it as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Then he goes on to say, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now you can be seated and let's pray together. Father, I pray you'd give us wisdom and understanding. Help us, Lord, tonight to rightly divide the Word of God. Help us, Lord, not to say anything that we need not say, but help us, Lord, to expound exactly all that you'd have us to say tonight. I pray, God, that you'd open our understanding, our mind, our body, our soul, our spirit. God, tonight that we might teach and preach that which you would have us to teach and preach from the precious word of God. Lord, I pray tonight that it would not return void. You told us, Lord, that the word can be preached and is preached on the power of God. And when it is, it will not return void unto you, but it will accomplish what it's set out to do. And so I pray tonight, God, we might not have stopped up ears. Lord, we might not have a hard heart. And we might not have a closed mind. But tonight, Lord, open our mind, open our understanding, open our ears. May we receive the word of God, as the scripture said, with gladness. And I pray, God, it'll go out and it'll be applied to our feet, our hands, our mind, our body, God, that you'll get to glory out of us. We're nothing. You're everything. And so, God, I pray tonight you'll bless and have your special way in our heart. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now I believe the Word of God needs to change us more and more every passing day. I don't have enough of it yet. Amen. I've been trying to study it for a long time, but there's so much I don't know. When you don't know nothing about certain things, I believe you're kind of exempt if you've been trying to get it. But what bothers me and what does get hold of me is that that I already know and I don't do. Amen. We're without excuse if we ignore what we already know. So I want to look at this. I've talked to several and I've seen this out in the public. Dealing with people every day as I deal with them tonight. I want you to know that there's a lot of people are questionable about where they're headed when this life's over. I talk to people and I hear this all the time. They're really not sure. Uh, They're questioning things about the Word of God. There's just some things you can't question. And just some things there's no need to even ask God about. He's already made it plain. And he's already told you, and you've already heard it. And once you've heard it tonight, you're obligated to either refuse it or follow it. I do believe tonight, and I preached this for years, and I'm not going to change my uh, attitude or idea about it. I do believe that God makes a difference in a man or woman when he moves in. I believe when God moves in, the devil moves out. I don't believe that the devil and God can uh, habitate in the heart of man. I don't believe tonight when God kicks the devil out of your life that he'll ever move back in your life. That's another thing. But I do believe tonight he will be on the outside oppressing you. I believe he'll try his best to deviate you. I believe he'll do his best to try to destroy you. I believe he'll do his best to try to stop you. And you have to work on that every day. I have to work on it every day. I don't get up in the morning shouting. Amen. I don't go to bed sometimes shouting. Sometimes I uh, dread going to bed and uh, with the things that I've gone through all day and I'm troubled with it. But God gives me a good night's rest and I'm up about God's business the next day. Amen. Are you with me? Uh, there's sometimes I wonder uh, about th- things that's happened during the day and I can't shout through the day all the time. No, sir. The devil is throwing his old... Uh, I guess pernicious ways or what you want to call them tonight in my face and in front of me and I trip over them. And I want to share that tonight here. I want to look at some of these things that we need to watch out for. As a child of God, we are indwelled by the Spirit of God. You heard me preach a little bit about that this morning and other times. And I want you to know, and I said it while I go, I'll say it again, that God and the devil can't dwell in the same house. That's right. So I'm glad tonight that I know that the devil moved out when the Lord moved in, but uh, it won't keep him from knocking on the door. Somebody said, I ain't got no problem with the devil. Well, amen. That's wonderful. Praise God. But I don't see how you can say that. If he's not bothering you, it's because he's got control of you. Because he bothers me every day. Amen. I don't have no trouble with the devil. Amen. Maybe you live with him. And I ain't talking about your wife or your husband either. Amen. But let's look at this. I want to look at some things. I, I was talking to a fellow this week and he believes that uh, he, can, uh, he can cuss and uh, 
talk about God out of the other side of the mouth. He don't see anything wrong with taking God's name in vain. Uh, he says, I use bad language, but I know I'm saved. And I said, can't work like that. Now, uh, he didn't like it. He got mad. But I'm trying to tell you tonight, it don't work that way. If you got the same problem, you got the same problem he's got. Amen. I believe God is the only one who can make you talk right. Only one that can make you walk right. Can only be the one that can make you speak right. And think right. And live right. Amen. Amen. Praise God, you better come on and get him in here with me. I'll get down there and do it myself on the front row and amen my preaching. I know what I'm talking about. So I see this, but look at verse 4. Here's where you find a lot of people. And a lot, the devil does a lot of deceiving. I preached on deception and deceivers just the other day and didn't get it all preached. But I've talked about it. In verse 4 it said, And this I say, Paul speaking now, Lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. I want to point out some words here tonight. He said, lest any man should beguile you. Now that word beguile means to trick. It means to tempt. It means to uh, get you to place that he can charm you. That he can uh, deceive you. That he may somehow buy you off or, uh, you know, get control of you. Now the devil does that. We know he's a master beguiler. God don't beguile you. I've never been beguiled by the word of God. I've never been beguiled by God the Father. I've never been beguiled by the Son. I've never been beguiled by the Spirit of the living God. It's always Satan and Satan's cohorts tonight that would beguile you. Right. Now you know, and I'll give you a couple of these and then we'll go on. But did you know tonight that that's what was said when Eve was questioned? Said, Satan beguiled me. He tempted her. He tested her. She fell to his temptation. Man is where he's at tonight, headed to hell without God. And has to be born again and saved or he will go to hell. But I'm saying tonight, we're there because Satan beguiled Eve. I read a little further over in the book of Genesis in chapter 29. That there was Jacob. You remember Jacob worked for Rachel for seven years. And when it come time to marry Rachel... Laban gave him Leah, the firstborn. Now, the Bible said the next morning, and I don't understand this, all I need to know, amen, or all I'd like to know maybe, I don't know why it took all night for him to figure out he had the wrong one. You think about that tonight. But he found out that Leah was the sister, and that's who he had married, and he worked another seven years for Rachel. Whom he loved with all his heart. If y'all know the answers to them questions, you can, you can kind of, I know I have a kind of a little protected mind and I hadn't been around the world like some of you have and I don't know some of these things. So you can tell me, all right? 
But I want to say tonight that uh, Laban beguiled Jacob. The devil's beguiled you sometimes in life. That means he has tempted you, tested you, tricked you, and uh, tried to deceive you. He's the master deceiver. So that's one word I want to talk out in verse 4. And he said he uh, should beguile you with enticing words. Some people get enticed with money. Some people get enticed with flesh. Some people get enticed with a lot of things. But in this particular scripture, he said there's enticed by words. Now you just think about that tonight as you study this. Amen. I, I look at it and Paul said, uh, you know, I came not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Now that's what I need. That's what you need. Now, we want to look at these things just for a minute, and we'll go on down, and we'll see this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, that's what Paul said, not but with enticing words of man's wisdom. Now, I, I believe tonight that that word beguile also means to be persuasive. And he persuaded Eve. The devil sometimes will get you at the place he almost persuades you to believe something. And he's always got something that's not right. Now let's go on down a little bit more. And I want to look at some things because in verse number 6, he says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. The Lord wants us to get our walk right. Paul wanted them to get their walk right. Now I believe your walk will demonstrate where your heart is. I know what the Bible says, that from the mouth, amen, the heart speaketh. So I know if you've got something bad in your heart, you're going to speak bad. So I believe, and likewise tonight, if you've got something bad in your life, you're going to walk that way. Amen. You'll be walking to the wrong places or traveling to the wrong places, doing the wrong things, involved in the wrong things. Uh Spoke to this fellow and he said something this morning or other day. Said said about uh, lottery tickets. He said I don't see anything wrong with lottery tickets. And as I'm getting all these people made all this, I don't hope nobody in here made any money off the lottery lately. If you do, don't tell me. Don't put it in the play. If the offering goes up pretty quick, I'm going to figure out somebody did. Yeah. Amen. I know church people that play the lottery. They do it religiously. I don't know how much they spend on it, but I know that that just don't work right. That's about the same thing as, uh, you know, going to a party somewhere and some woman dancing with some man's husband or some other uh, a wife's husband or some woman, you know, being danced by somebody else's uh, man, so forth. And that's the same thing, but I'm saying tonight, that some men will dance with somebody else's wife. And I know this much. They're not talking about the Sunday school lesson. I ain't been around the block like some folks have. But I know one thing. They're not quoting scripture in each, other, each other's ear. Had a lady on the back row. She was bad at this. And she said every time I preached on dancing she just got so upset. 
She died uh, several years back and I wondered if she's dancing in hell. Yeah. Understand what I'm saying? You said dancing won't take you to hell. No, but I'm telling you, if you've got that kind of attitude in life, I'm wondering if you're saved by God's grace. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. I'm, I always said that a dancing foot and a praying knee didn't grow on the same leg. Amen and amen. But I look at this tonight and I see things. And he says, walk ye in him. Walk ye in him. Now, I don't know where your heart is tonight. But I want to tell you, here's a man standing before you tonight that wants to walk in him. Amen. I don't want to walk around him. I don't want to walk ahead of him. I don't even care to walk. I don't even want to walk. Beside him. I want to do what the Bible says. I want to walk in him. Amen. He's in me and I'm in him. And I want to be like him more than I've ever wanted to be in my life. Amen. And I want to seek the face of God. I want to search my heart and I do. Sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I don't understand. I know you get there. Sometimes I look at this. The Lord reminds me of things and I can't see what's wrong with it sometimes. Everybody in this building has been there. But sometimes every now and then the Holy Spirit will lay His finger on something that's in my heart that's not right. It might be a, a bad temper. It might be a bad attitude. It might be something like that. God's never convicted me of being in the honky-tonk because I've never been in the honky-tonk. God ain't never convicted me of doing the things that I've already mentioned tonight because I hadn't been there. But I want to tell you something. Sometimes I get a bad temper. Sometimes I get a bad attitude. Sometimes I just get, uh, you know, uh, ugly on the world and everything. Of course, the world makes you uh, look ugly at it every, man, every once in a while. I do hate sin. I hate it with a passion. Amen. I don't care for the devil. He's not my friend. I don't run with him. Don't want to run with his crowd. Are you with me tonight? But I want to tell you, sometimes there are just some personal things in my life that the Lord lays His finger on my heart and says, you're going to have to get that straightened out. And then He gets me under conviction and I have to say, Lord, help me. Because if I don't, it'll get in my walk. Have you ever caught yourself that way? Oh, you said, preacher, I ain't never been there. Amen. Maybe I should turn over to the first chapter of 1 John and said, if he, any say you have no sin, you lie, and the truth's not in you. Maybe I ought to change text tonight. But I'm looking at this, and I believe I want to walk in Him, don't you? I want to walk in Him. When I'm walking in Him, that means He's walking in me, and that means He's taking the steps, and He orders my steps according to His. I can't ask the Lord to follow me because He wants me to follow Him. Right? Okay, I'm just giving you some Bible practical things tonight. Now here's what He tells us to get where we need to be so that we will not be enticed, so we will not be uh, beguiled, so that we will not go astray. And He tells it in verse number 7. Let's look at it. Number 1. We need to be rooted. Amen. I had one of my boys, I'll I, I tell you which one it is, if you really press me. 
But I'm not going to mention it unless you do. But they chopped down one of my tomato plants one time. I'd set those things out and I had them hoeing up the, uh, the weeds. Now the thing about it is, everybody can chop down a tomato plant. And that wasn't no real problem. He said, Daddy, I'm sorry. I made a miss slick with a hoe and I chopped the tomato plant down. But I knew that we had a little problem. When I went out and looked at the garden after I got through hoeing and there was one that was wilted real bad. And I kind of got a hold of it and it just come out in my, and there wasn't no root on it. Amen. So what he done is he chopped it off and stuck it back in the ground. And a tomato plant will not grow without a root system. Now how many of you will believe that tonight? It's that way, isn't it? So the Lord said he wanted us rooted. Now rooted, and I could preach on roots tonight. Praise God, I almost thought about it. Or I did think about it, almost Prepared that tonight. Trees have got roots, and if you don't have roots under the trees, well, you got trouble. The roots, some supply water, some supply other things and minerals and things and food. And no plant grows without a root system, and neither does a child of God, by the way. You know why some church folks tonight can't stay straight long? They're not rooted. And then he said, and built up in him. We're God's property. God wants us, first of all, to get rooted. We've got to get rooted into the Word of God. I draw my strength and my nourishment and my food and my sap that I need to grow in the grace of God through the root system God's putting me to desire the things of God. Amen. If you're not careful, I want to tell you something. You'll get the place... You won't desire the word of God like you want to. Because the devil has enticed you to change. Now he ain't beat you on the head. He ain't stopped you. But he's hindered you with so much stuff. And most everybody in this building is busy. Can anybody here sitting tonight say, Preacher, I ain't got nothing to do all week long. You'd be lying if you did. There are some things I need to do. Well, there's some things you might think you need to do, but you need to spend some time in the Word of God. Amen. But the devil makes us see and think that we need to do something else with it. He said rooted, and then secondly, built up in Him. Now, we not only have to be walking in Him, but we need to be built up in Him. Amen. Praise God. You see, in these, now this is just some Bible teaching. Not into this thing in a big way tonight, but I believe we need to be rooted and built up in Him. And the third thing is, and established in the faith. I'm at a place tonight where I see so many people that are not established. You know what established is? Solid. Amen. Now I'm not hanging on for salvation, but I'm established. I don't let everything come and go. I let a lot of things come and go that bothers me. And you do too. 
that there's some things not shaking me tonight. One of the preachers said to me today, I saw a couple of pastors and, and, and an evangelist. I met one of the, an evangelist I never met. And I saw him today and we were talking and I was talking to one the preachers in a different place. And when I was talking to him, I told him about this business and we was talking about the COVID junk. It's happened in our churches up and down the country. And I said, you know, I've come to the place. None of that bothers me. It bothered me a couple of years ago. But don't bother me now. Because I, was, I just looked at when somebody says, oh, so-and-so's got COVID. And instead of getting worried about that, you know what I say? I say, Lord, stand by me. That means come and get me if you want to. And if you don't want to, take care of me. Right. Amen. Amen. I done had my three score and ten. I done had a good life. Amen. Amen. I got more on the other side than I have here just about it. Praise God. And you know I read this all the time. These are the words that this thrill, thrill my heart to death. Absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm in a strait betwixt two. Amen. Uh, to depart is far better. Sentences like that out of the Word of God. Don't that bless you? Amen. You said, preacher, i got so much I want to do. Yeah, but you know, I don't, I don't have all that health and strength to do it anyhow. Praise God. There's so much I want to do. And you know, I lay in the bed sometimes at night and say, I can do as much as I ever could. But tomorrow when I get up, I try it and it don't work. I still got the same ideas. I still got the same thoughts. But there's just something about when I pick my left foot up, I can get it up so high, but I used to pick her way up. You said you don't get enough exercise. I ain't got enough strength to exercise. Brother Burrow, am I right? That's the way it is, ain't it? I seen a fellow running up and down the road the other day. I mean, I met him. He's coming down the road right over here. And I was coming up to the church here. I had to come up here five times Friday to help these fellas out with that air conditioning. Ain't you glad I did? Well, I didn't do, any, I didn't do anything for it. I just come to check on it. And that fellow's coming down the road. He's just again. And you know, we're living in a different society. Have you seen people walk on the side of the road anymore? When I was a boy, I was told to walk on the side of the road. And you walk facing the traffic. And that's what I was taught. I never got on the highway. We didn't have as much traffic back then either. But have you met some and they're on the edge of the highway just like, come on big boy, I dare you just run over me. Sometimes I've got a little close because I was meeting somebody and didn't see them in time to get slowed down enough and they're looking like, you like to hit me. Amen. Have you seen that? Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And I thought, Lord have mercy. Uh, don't give me a bad look. You was in the road. It wasn't me. And I'm trying to take care of business and I try not to run. I'm not going to run over you if I see you on purpose. But if you get out in front of me, and I can't stop in time. 
I'm just liable to run over you. You've got to remember when you meet this old fellow here, his reaction time ain't as good as it used to be. It takes me three or four minutes to decide that I need to pick my right foot up and get it off the gas and get it on the left foot, I mean on that middle pedal. That's reaction time. I used to go, I've done it. Amen. Y'all don't understand it, you little young whippersnappers. You don't know that. But you're going to get there. And so my walking and my talking and my living and my doing is not right sometimes because I'm not real rooted. you got to be rooted deep. And you build up in Him and established in the faith. When you're established in the faith, things don't seem to bother you no more. That's right. yeah. Amen. You know what I've found out lately? I, I just go somewhere and somebody said, well, I hate to keep, uh, you know, I hate to kind of keep you around. And I got another question too I want to ask you, but I hate to bother you. And I say, you're not bothering me. I ain't got nowhere to go and nothing to do. Now, sometimes I have something to do and have to go. But as a general rule, I found out I ain't as a big a hurry as I used to be. Ain't that right? And so I found out I've got more time to spend with people. I want to talk to them about the Lord. Praise God. Matter of fact, I kind of get upset at them because they don't want me to talk to them about the Lord. What in the world? I got the best story to tell. I got the greatest story there is. I got the greatest job in the world. And brother, I can tell you how to stay out of hell and go to heaven. Amen. And you don't want to hear that? What's wrong? What's wrong with you? Won't you make you want to look at him and say, Hey, are you short on elevators, marbles, sawdust? Is something wrong here that you can't comprehend? I'm here to tell you how to keep yourself out of hell. I want to tell you through. And then when you start talking to them, they'll act like they want to. And then all of a sudden, I usually catch them when they're eating because that's when you can spend more time with them. And, but I watch them gulp it down real fast. Some of them eat like a hound dog. You go to talking to them about the Lord. Sit down. They'll say, come here, preacher. Sit down. But I'll tell you right now, they want to leave before I do. As a general rule. Especially when it gets hot under the collar. But we're rooted and built up in Him. And then we're established in the faith. Look at this. That's where we are. He said, what we've been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now verse 8, I want to touch on that just a little bit. He said, verse 8, beware lest any man spoil you. Now that don't mean spoiling you like a baby. You know, we spoil kids. Parents spoil their young'uns. Amen. They'll spoil you too. Amen. But... This spoil you here don't mean to love them real close. It just means that these men will ruin you. 
They'll spoil you. They'll put you on the wrong side. Beware lest any man, it could be men, women, spoil you through that big old word there called philosophy. You know what that is? It's their thinking, their ideas, their viewpoint. We're living in a time when men can declare that they just get saved by the grace of God. And they've maybe been a drunk for years and now the thing they do is run around and try to find them a, 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 a alcoholic anonymous group to join. I come from the old school. Amen. Who Billy Sunday send them to? Where did they have any alcoholic anonymous back in them days? They give them to God and God became their philosopher and he's not like men. He became the one. I've seen this happen before. They'll be on drugs and now they got to send them to drug rehab. I want to tell you, if you get filled with God and saved by the grace of God, you'll take care of all that. I believe that with all my heart. If I didn't believe that God couldn't save a drunk and get him off of alcohol, if I didn't believe God couldn't save a, a, a drug addict and get them off of drugs, and that God couldn't save a harlot and get her out of business, I'd shut my Bible up and go home and never preach again. I'll tell you what, God don't have to have all that. But these people come along and they give you their ideas and their thinking and their viewpoint. And philosophy, people run off of philosophies. I believe we need to operate off of the Word of God tonight. We need to operate off of this book. Amen and amen. Now the reason they're having problems with that is everybody's got a different Bible. You can go to average people today and you won't find three that runs out, reads out of the same Bible. And the one verse says this and one verse says, that's, I'm going to preach a message here pretty soon on the King James Bible in a different manner than what I preached on it before. And these people going to hell because they picked up something besides the King James. Now I'm not saying that those other versions out there don't contain some of the Word of God, but I'll tell you it's not the inspired and errant Word of God. I do not carry, I do not study, I do not read the most, any other versions I give is what I did this morning telling you that 1 John 5, 7 is not in them versions. And that's why people don't believe. That's a pretty important message I believe this morning if you stop to think about it. The Trinity. I believe tonight that's a, that is a doctrine that most church folks don't understand and don't accept. But God is a Trinity. He's one. 1 John 5, 7. It's in your King James Bible, but if you've got something else, he'll read something else or be cut out. So, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Vain means nothing of any 
you know, any importance. Vain means it's it's not real. It's 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 just vain. Vain deceit after the tradition of men. That word spoil you means that uh, they'll use trickery and dishonesty and deception and pretense and fraud. And that deceit comes right along with it and that's what they're going to do it with. They're going to give you a pretense. And that's what they want to do. And what they're going to do, they're going to teach it after the tradition of men. Do you want what the tradition of men are? I don't want to be taught that. I know what the tradition of men. They go to uh, sinful places, do sinful things, and expect God to take care of them when they die. Yep, all through their life, they don't have any time for God. You can't get them to call on God. And then they'll try to teach everything according to the rudiments of the world. What's the rudiments of the world? philosophies of men and the things that they do amen and the things that they think I'm telling you right now and Brother Hayden I'm not picking on you or anybody else who goes to college I'm telling you what we're of course I appreciate the school uh, and, and it's not like the regular colleges and I'm sure everything ain't alright there either but I'm going to tell you this when we listen to our colleges and the way they've done today, the things that they're doing, the things they're teaching, who is this giving more trouble in America? I'm talking about the secular colleges here. What's giving more trouble is college students. They got crazy ideas. Don't have no home values, don't have no Bible values. They've been going to school since kindergarten, not even taught much about God unless they had parents that taught them, and many of them don't. And I don't know about you, and I'm concerned about that. See it? I look at this and I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to be around much longer. And I'm not going to have to put up with it. But I got children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. If the Lord don't come soon, that's going to have to face what I'm not going to have to face. It's, 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 it's terrible. Amen. Think about it. Right now, our nation is probably the worst place it's ever been in, the, in my history. They don't have Bible in the schools. Been gone for many years. People, uh, let me just give you something that stirs my heart. I don't know how long it's been, year two or three. I don't know how long it's been. It may have been a year. It may have been three years. It may have been five. Time passes. But they made a statement, something about passing laws of abortion when at late term abortions. You remember that? And up there in Washington... When they passed that, they went. <laughs> clapping hands. Because they get, anybody remember that? They did it. And uh, they're so excited about passing LGBT stuff in America. 
But you stand up and declare one verse of Scripture. One chapter of the Word of God. You read what God says. See if you get an applause. Put you in a jailhouse. That shows you where our nation has gone to. Not where it's headed, but where it's gone to. And I'm going to make a statement here and I'm quitting. I believe this LGBT stuff is the last draw for America. Alcohols took us down. Drugs has took us down. Abortions took us down. You said, oh, but they got abortion all. Abortion ain't over. When you can clap your hands for an abortion to kill in innocent lives. Innocent lives. I said innocent lives. And you put them all in where you got men and women who can change their gender at the voice of whatever they want to be. And now they're trying to pass laws for the home. I don't know how that's coming, but I've been watching it lately, but I hadn't seen it in the last day or two. And where they're going to change the marriage, where the two men want to walk in or two women want to walk in and expect the preacher to marry them. He'll have to do it because it's legal. Somebody asked me the other day, said, what you going to do? I said, how dare you even ask me? Amen. Boy, wouldn't I be something? Preach as hard as I preached against this stuff for years and then cave into it. You with me? Amen. And I believe that's a downfall of it because Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed when it got to that state. And abortion. Taking innocent lives has been a problem down through the ages. And I've said this before. And now we have got both at the end of the dispensation of grace right before the coming of the Lord in the rapture. Amen. Somebody said, America, we're still looking for revival. Praise God, I'm looking for it too. But there's some point, let me give you this to wake you up a little bit. At some point in time, there will be a point of no return. Sodom and Gomorrah got by with it for a while. But then all of a sudden one day, God and Abraham had a little talk. And Abraham said, what about 40, 30, come on down to 10. And God said, I'll spare it for 10. But there were not 10 there. I believe Abraham thought there were. Or I believe he'd have tried to beg again. Let me just give you something else. What happened to Lot? He left the city and went to the mountain. His wife left Sodom and Gomorrah with him. She turned back, looked back, and she turned a pillar of salt. Now let me just share something with you. You may not like this. You may not even agree with me. But he went to the mountain and the two daughters said, we're not going to, have our seed, you know, 
we're not going to be able to carry on the generation unless we have children. And the Bible said they got him drunk. Now I have never had alcohol in my life. And I want to tell you something. Unless you pull the wool over my eyes pretty strong, I don't believe you'd get me drunk. So I believe Lot had already practiced that down in Sodom and Gomorrah. You can say what you want to. No doubt. You understand where I'm coming from tonight? And boy, we're looking at those things and it brought, now I know this message, this will be one of them you'd get shot off of the YouTube, but that's all right. Tell it like it is. I don't have no axe to grind on nobody here. I don't have no thing to try to gain. And, uh, but I don't want to go to heaven without telling you everything I know. I'm probably going to, but I'm going to attempt to tell you everything. Every time I give it a shot, I'm going to do it. Amen. Somebody said you ought to calm down and cool down a little bit. That's what's wrong with us now. What you ought to be doing, praying that God get a hold of every preacher in the county, the state, and and the whole United States of America. And when they get up like Balaam, to curse the people of God by not telling them the truth. That God had burdened their heart and they'd spit out some things they didn't even know amen was existing. I believe that's what happened to old Balaam. Amen. He didn't curse the people of God. He blessed them. Yeah. And I believe God's men need to preach exactly what's in this book. Amen. And so we look at it. I pray tonight God will help you. I said I'd quit and will. There I am. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We won't have any music. We'll just sit there for a moment. It ain't going to hurt you sit and think. I believe tonight there's a lot of you ladies in here, a lot of you men in here that wants to live right. I believe you have a desire in your heart. Somehow, I just believe that. I don't know this, but I don't believe tonight we've got some in the building that got up this morning and said, I'm going to be a rebel, and if God said it, I ain't doing it. Now, that might have happened. Maybe you told God months ago that you wasn't going to do it. But I believe most everybody in this building wants to do right. I believe you want to be rooted and grounded and built up in the faith. I believe tonight you want to live the way God wants you to live and not the way the preacher wants you to or the world wants you to or the devil wants you to or your friends, your husband, your wife wants you to. I believe we got some men and women in this building that wants to stand in the gap and make up the hedge for God. I believe that we got some here tonight that wants to live clean and godly and be filled with the Spirit of God and overflowing with the touch of God. I said it in Sunday school. I said it in preaching this morning. God wants to fill you up and run you over for His glory. But the problem is you've got too much clutter in your heart that He don't have room. I'll just ask you this. If I 
if I went and got a big old couch, one of them old big double couches, you know, on which end you got them uh, roll back chairs and they roll back. And if I just loaded up on my truck tonight, come on, could you find a place to put it right quick? Or would you have to clean out something? I'd answer that for you. You'd say, Preacher, I'm not too interested in that. But you'd have to move something. If God wants to fill you with His presence, He's going to have to get some stuff out of there and He's not going to come in and clean your house until you get ready for Him to clean your house. Amen. I'm not preaching. I'm just trying to get you to think of where you are. If you want to be filled up and running over for God... You're going to have to empty out some things and throw out some trash that you don't need. And then God can do it. And I'm asking you now to think on your heart what you need to get rid of in your life that does not glorify Him, does not exalt Him, does not come up to par, does not please Him. That's all I'm asking you. If you don't have nothing in there like that, Amen. That's good. But I believe if we look deep enough, we'll find some things. Amen. I've got things in my house that I've kept for ages and probably will keep them the rest of my days. Amen. But I don't need them. I just keep them for keepsakes. There's stuff in your life you just keep them for a keepsake. You know it's wrong. God don't want it. But you don't want to clean it out. We've got too much swept under the rug in our heart. I'll not say any more. God bless you and thank you for coming tonight. You're at liberty to go.